0: Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome. Five, four, three, two... The wait is over. Get your popcorn ready. It's time for the In or Out Sports Debate with your host, Corey
1: Mann from the Undisputed Championship, and Drew Willingham. Hello
0: everyone and welcome to episode 13 of the In or Out Sports Debate. I am your host, Drew Willingham, along with this week's special guest. He is one half of the Undisputed Champions Show host mr Corey, mann Corey, welcome to the show brother thanks for having me sir appreciate it time let's put this graphic up right here this is him and wally for his undisputed champion show tell us a little bit about your show there Corey. um so basically we're just
1: two brothers from two different backgrounds that have a generational love for wrestling um you know him and i just kind of gotten close off of that so you know we would like heck with it. Let's to give our opinions on wrestling. So that's kind of how Undisputed Champions came
0: to be. For the fans, from the fans. I love it. I love it. With that said, let's go ahead and take this into some wrestling for this episode and kick it into round one. Round one. And we'll start this off with some football. The Dallas Cowboys offseason moves will result in setbacks for the 2022 season. Corey, are you in or out on that?
1: I am in. Oh uh, Dallas let go too much, man. They they are one minute you will think Jerry Jones is spending money. Oh, he's taking care of his players. He's taking care of his players. Then the next second, you know, he's getting rid of everybody. And I, I just don't understand it. I think the only one that made sense to me was maybe Amari because you had, you know, Gallup and C.D. Lamb there um, that can kind of take up the reins, like, you know, and 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 Amari wasn't producing really as you would think that, you know, a $20 million player would produce. So, you know, I understand that move, but, you know, letting go of pass rushers, letting go of some of your defensive players that, you know, turned that defense around last year with Dan Quinn. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I think, you know, Dallas is going to hurt really bad. And plus the division has gotten way better.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I'd have to I'd have to agree on that. I'm in on that as well. Even though the Cowboys made some moves signing the linebacker Luke Gifford, bringing in wide receiver James Washington and off and outside linebacker Dante Fowler Jr. They, they didn't do enough, in my opinion, to, to beef them up for this team to be ready to repeat as division champions because this, this NFC East has made a bunch of splash moves this offseason. I mean, even though the commanders got Carson Wentz and a lot of people are high on him, a lot of people, and other people are also soft on him too because those ankles, he snapped both ankles in one play last year. Uh, we we don't want to see that happen again, but I feel like there's going to be a resurgence for him this year. he's gonna He's got something to prove. This is his last shot. He's got to do something with that team in order to you know prove that he's worthy of having an NFL quarterback starting quarterback position, let alone. And then you got Taylor Haneke behind him, who wants to play. With the Cowboys, with those moves that I mentioned as well, you, they've also signed Leighton Vander. And, you know, they also got Malik Hooker on a two-year contract. It's still not enough big-name talent to To make me believe that they have a chance to go further in the playoffs. If anybody has a chance to go further in the playoffs, it's the Eagles with the moves that they made this offseason. And the splash moves like Ty and I discussed in previous episode in episode 12, I feel like they're going to be the surprise ones in the NFC East this year. It's going to be the Eagles, not the Cowboys.
1: But I tell you what, all the pressures on Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has to perform. He has everything he needs now. He has to perform.
0: He does, especially with the wide-out talent that he's got around him. There's no excuse for him to underachieve this year. If he doesn't, if he doesn't perform this year, just like what we're, we're saying with this next one, we may be out just like he is.
1: Round two.
0: You know, with round two, we'll go back to wrestling. Wardlow will become the next Bautista for the AEW. How do you feel about that, Corey?
1: I'm out. Denied. Okay. Um, I, I don't feel like Warlow has had enough um, real exposure yet to uh, be on the level of a Batista. I think Batista's kind of slept on a little bit. Um, Warlow has the physique. I mean, he has the look. Um, you know, but. It all depends on how they book him going forward. This MJF feud was the most, uh, ultimate feud for him. Now that that culminated last night, it may, you know, continue on. Who knows? But now that it looks like they culminated last night at double or nothing, where do they go with Wardlow from here? Um, I'm interested in seeing that, you know, when they took Batista, they put the rocket booster on him and let him go. And then he kind of carried his own. And then they kept throwing stars at him, Undertaker and Eddie Guerrero and others to keep him up. So I'm interested in seeing what AEW does with Wardlow, but right now I can't put them on that same level.
0: As of right now, no, but if we're gonna talk about future, I'm going. In. Dude's rock solid, he's a behemoth. If you look at him anywhere on the street, he he looks like he's ready to eat you for breakfast. I'm going with the fact that they are going to build him up like Bautista. Yeah, things did culminate last night, you know, against MJF. I mean, that that was has been three years in the making that it, there it, it was a big mm. buildup and in storyline matches, we don't get that anymore. Like the cool thing about AEW is we get extensive storylines that make sense as to what things that we've been talking about with WWE for years that we've been wanting to see, like, we don't want three-week storylines just to get to a pay-per-view, and and then you know culminate a pay-per-view. We want to see something that's dragged out with Wardlow with getting handcuffed and coming to the ring like a freaking beast incarnate, like like the things that they should have done with Brock Lesnar in WWE. That's what they were missing out with Brock Lesnar and with Batista back in the day. Those are the things that they should have done to make him seem like a circus freak. What they did with with Wardlow, I w- I've been loving it. Him coming out there, the cage matches, the stuff with the chairman. John Spears. Like, I've been digging it, man. So, yes, I'm in on this. Maybe not right this second, but at some point, at some point down the line, I feel like this is going to culminate to be a true statement. That he's going to be a potential six-time champion. Maybe not for AEW. He may get that payday and go to WWE, but those are things that we'll talk about potentially later on in this episode.
1: I mean, I just think that, you know, AEW, like you said, does a fantastic job of, you know, building storylines and not, you know, just dumping it on our lap. They, they give you little – inklings here and there and there and here and it's not all about gimmicks with them even though the wrestlers do have their gimmicks it's more so about you know the real storyline the real hatred for each other um so i am interested in seeing it man i mean just right now just mm, no doesn't on my fancy yet we'll see
0: it's tough because AEW has so many floating pieces right now. CM Punk just won the championship last night. It was great to see him win the title after all these years of being separated from the business. Now finally being back long enough to build a storyline up to make it believable enough for him to win a championship. It was great to see that culminate last night at the pay-per-view, so I'm happy for him. But again, with these storylines building and building and building, we may see a bigger star in Wardlow than we ever saw in Batista. And plus when Bautista got the fame, he was much older in his career too. Bautista I think was already a, he was already a grandpa almost by the time he became WWE <laughs> champion. If you remember, <laughs> because he's got like a daughter or whatnot that, you know, it was pretty, pretty much older by the time he became a professional wrestler. I think he was a grandpa, like one of the first grandpa world champions of the modern <laughs> era. <laughs> like how Brett Favre was a, was a grandfather in his last year of football with the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. And he was like the first NFL grandfather quarterback, like, We could could see some stuff like that down the line with Wardlow. Who knows?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just all about the storylines at the end of the day. For him, it's just where do they put him and have him in the right spot at the right time. If they do that, it beyond the sky's the limit for that guy.
0: As long as they do a better job of capitalizing on momentum than WWE's done over the past two decades. You know, since 2002, they've really been uh, showing that they're not great at capitalizing on momentum. But... Like We don't lack. We're great at carry momentum. Let's take this into round three. Round three. Purchasing land in Dumfries, Virginia, was a great move to build a new stadium economically for the Washington Commanders. How do you feel about this, Corey? Are you in or out?
1: As much as I cannot stand the Commanders, I am in. I love the fact that they're going to get away from the nation's capital, get away from it, have your own domain, have your own little small town. Um, you know, it costs more money for them to be in the District of Columbia too, that close to federal, um, federal government and whatnot, and they have to follow all these federal guidelines, etc. It's a lot of steps for them to be where they are right now. So if they take their their ball and move on down to Dumfries and go with the plan that is currently on the table, we're talking about generations of billions of dollars for the Washington Commanders. It is a fantastic move to me. And I think more teams should look at doing that when they are looking to build or re- renovate their spaces. Dude, get everything around me, build me up economically. If it builds up economically, then it can only help whatever town, city, etc. cetera, that they go to. So I think it's a great, great, great move.
0: You're most certainly right, and, um, you know, I've got to say that I'm in on this, too. Did you know that in Dumfries was, is the first major hotspot in Virginia for legalized gambling? This yeah. is a huge move for the Commanders because as the NFL and other sports are getting bigger with DraftKings and FanDuel and stuff like that and how the the sports gambling has become more popular over the past half decade is legalized gambling. I think this is a huge move for the Commanders. I am on the opposite side of Corey. I am a fan of the team. I will I will just go ahead and raise my hand now and say I'm guilty as charged. Look at the license plate of the Hulk Hogan license plate. Uh, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> a lunchbox behind me that's covering the <clears throat> old mascot. So, yes, that's my old license plate. I am grandfathered in along with the half-sleeve tattoo I have going down my left oh. arm. Is dedicated to him as well. I am in there for life, baby. So, yes, I'm a fan, but back on task. Purchasing land in Dumfries. Dumfries peaked. They peaked as far as size and importance back in 1763, Corey. Wow. In 1763 it's a long time. So wow. this move is going to help elevate this team economically. This is big for that town in Dumfries. It may take a few years for us to see a change within this, but I feel like this is a huge, huge move for not just this team, but for the NFL economically.
1: Exactly. And it's it's going to start setting a trend for other teams that may be looking to move the location of their, you know, stadium dome, et cetera, and do a similar plot. If they carry it out successfully, that's the big thing is then it's going to force the NFL's hand a little bit here too, like you just saying with the with the legalized gambling. I don't know why sports teams are starting to, you know, continually pushing back on it. This is going to be the new era of life going forward so how do you as you know the nfl the nba the nhl nhl mlb etc get involved with that so you can get your hand fully in that pot and get a percentage of that so you can allow gambling now the people that's participating in it no you shouldn't gamble cool i got that but you know everybody else don't make it bad for everybody else man
0: absolutely absolutely and you know what if, if Dan Snyder survives the debacle that he's been going through over the past Jesus. couple of years with the stuff he's been going through and gets to see not only the evolution of the stadium built, his best buddy Jerry Jones over in Dallas, he needs to upstage him with this stadium and make it bigger and better than Jerry World. Small town of Dumfries, but best stadium in the United States. I'm ready for it. Fingers <laughs> crossed. And I hope Legacy makers there on the first game of that season for that stadium. That would be awesome. That would. That would definitely be awesome. And speaking about things that are awesome, we're going to take things into a new segment for this show. We're going to introduce what's called Medial Mayhem, which where we take comments from the fans and talk about it on the show. <laughs> first comment we're going to go with is from Joey Johnson on Facebook. AEW is the new attitude area. WWE is weak. How do you feel about that, Corey? Are you in or out on that?
1: Uh, I am. There's no middle, is it? Um... <laughs> you can go push. You can go push. This is not a regular
0: topic. You, can you go push. Uh,
1: well, I will say um, I- I'm in on that. Um, AEW is uh, today's generation of Attitude Era. For the folks that was not born during that time frame, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you the golden age of wrestling.
0: It you was got Peacock. Time. Sorry to cut you off, but you got Peacock to go back and watch it.
1: You do. Go back and look at it. It is, I mean, years of phenomenal storytelling, phenomenal. St- I mean, a wrestling fan's dream is the Attitude Era. And uh, AEW is taking on bits and pieces and characteristics into what they're doing now. Now, the question is, is the longevity of them having this second generation attitude era is what, you know, we're going to be looking for. Um, WWE is only weak right now because of the fact that they have not developed any other superstars outside of Roman right now. And... That is where AEW is excelling over WWE. They're building different stars and different points. They may not all be in the main event scene, but you know at some point this person is going to be in contention. That person is going to be in contention. Right now we're sitting around like, who's going to challenge Roman? Facts.
0: Facts. 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 And, and, and let's take this also into the next comment. Actually, actually, I, I didn't even give my take on it. So with uh, with Joey's comment of AEW is the new attitude era, For WWE is weak, I got to go in on this as well. Joey, my man, WWE has been weak for quite some time since The Rock came back for the second time and got that championship and went against John Cena. I think that was the last time we really saw the WWE. That was the last time it was at its peak. And outside of the Attitude Era, that's the only time I can honestly say, as a fan, that we've gotten anywhere close to the Attitude Era, just because part of the Attitude Era was in modern wrestling. So, yes, with the evolution of AEW, what we've seen since they came about in 2019, and I got to give a shout out to Darrell Owens and the Exclusive Knights for the very first uh, AEW Dynamite. I was there with them, Shenanigans on the train. Can't talk about that on the show, but we could talk about that in person. Your boy is a legend. And they know it. So, yes, we had a great time. But, yes, that was a great show. AEW Dynamite's first one in Washington, D.C. And since that moment, I've been hooked. Um, I hadn't watched anything prior to that except for some indie shows featuring those wrestlers. But that was the first time I had seen everybody on one card in one show. And even though I had a few cold ones that night, few too many possibly, but I had a great time. And it was a great event. And I'm looking forward to when we were just talking about Peacock in the streaming service, I'm looking forward to the time that we actually have AEW on a streaming service where we can go back and not only see the beginning, but also see Ring of Honor and the other libraries that they've purchased as well. So we can go back and relive moments throughout history. We might've been privy, might not have been privy to before that moment.
1: Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I can't wait for that.
0: While we're still at the uh, media Mayhem, Darrell Owens says that he loves this move for the commanders in the command post. He already knows how we feel about that. We don't have to go in or out on that just because that's not. we've already discussed that topic. Joey Johnson has said that he has been a Redskins fan since 1977 and absolutely hates the new name and will not support this woke babe. All right, we're going to get past that. Sorry, Joey. All right, so this one is that uh, Darrell agrees with Corey. It's a Roman A plus then it's a lot of Bs. So he agrees with your statement on Roman Reigns. And legendary stuff. Drew had me worried. He was crying laughing. <laughs> hey, you know I'm going to I'm going to start going one way, but I'm going to reel you back in before the end of the statement. So but with that said, we've had a lot of fun so far and we're only at the midway point. Let's go to round 4. First of all, Now,
1: Round four.
0: My apologies for the technical difficulties, everybody. The rivalry with Seth Rollins is elevating Cody Rhodes from WWE upper mid-card to main event status. Corey, how do you feel about that? Are you in or out on that?
1: On that statement, I am out. Denied. I think it's about time that we start giving Cody Rhodes his proper respect. Cody Rhodes was freaking stardust for crying out loud. He was, oh, you only spoke in mirrors. Like, I mean, come on. He was a part of legacy. This man left WWE and is the ultimate definition of betting on yourself. He left, became a heel, realized that being a heel wasn't really going to work for him and he reinvented himself again, and now to the uh, the allure of the fans and the children and everybody else, he has made himself the quintessential WWE superstar, right? We talk about John Cena and Hulk Hogan and all these other folks that, you know, have made themselves so appeased with the crowd that you can't deny this superstar, and I don't think that Either one of these guys are elevating the other. I think they're on the same stature. Um, I think Seth Rollins and his gimmick right now is not giving the right, getting the right uh, respect that it deserves. He has taken it and ran with it. It kind of gives me Joker vibes a little bit. Um, and Cody is just straight up like, look, dude, I am this man. I am not my dad. I'm not a dream. I'm a nightmare. And I can either be this guy. Or I could be that guy, which is kind of like, you know, men in real life, you know, we can be, you know, cool, calm, collected, have a good time. And then, if you know, you threaten our family and everything else. We can turn another cheek. So (laughs) I think that um, Cody has done a fantastic job with reinventing himself. And I think that the way he has reinvented himself has set him up on a pedestal um, that for years to come, I think he'll be okay.
0: Before I give my take, I'm going to say that I agree with the very end part where you were saying, whereas men, you know, we're all calm, cool, and collective, but once you cross that line, we're going to flip a switch, and it is all <laughs> hell breaks loose. Well, so, yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that. However, with this topic, I disagree. I mean, in- <laughs> yo, Cody, Cody. Left WWE six years ago, and yes, he was that upper mid card with Stardust and everything, and and he was getting punished. But yet he left, went out in the independent scene and did something that not many people can do. Took somebody from somebody who was basically beatered, battered, bruised, lost his father. Somebody who was big to the WWE industry, big to wrestling as a whole, left, rebuilt his image, rebuilt um an entire independent group and helped form AEW. People were getting Cody confused with Tony Khan as the actual owner of WWE not WWE as AEW because of all that he did, all the um the work that he did and as many people as he got over. There's a lot of people that we never knew before that we know now because of Cody Rhodes and what he did in AEW. He deserved to come back to WWE, not only one, but two, to get a chance to prove that he is worthy of a main event status. His brother, Dustin, was not worthy of that. Although we did see the best match out of both of their careers to this point when they boast faced each other at the very first AEW pay-per-view um, when they, I believe it was, I believe it was all in when they, when they faced each other, I believe mm-hmm. when it when that was that match, um, the, the bloodbath of the two brothers facing each yes. other, it's solidified that both of them, whether they become heavyweight champions or not, they're going to be Hall of Famers by the end of the day when they finally hang up their boots. Uh, with Cody, though, this whole match with, I still call him the drip god, Seth Rollins, even though he's Seth freaking Rollins, I kind of like the whole drip god. They, they went away, away went away with that too soon. I like the whole suits and everything, the whole Joker vibe like you were talking about. <laughs> I was digging all that. I missed that. I did to bring that, yeah. that part back, but... Seth is giving Cody a lot here and I feel like um, a lot of it has to deal with Cody Rhodes as a person while he's doing it for him but also the respect of the legacy of Dusty Rhodes and what he did for that first group of NXT kids and Seth Rollins was one of them
1: definitely I mean you wouldn't have like Sasha and many others you know if it wasn't for Dusty so most definitely um, you know they should be paying their homage to, to Dusty um, and as you said, this generation of WWE would WWE probably would be the sinkhole right now if it wasn't for Dusty and how he has changed so much from NXT onto this main roster now. Um, but Cody is a main event talent. I just think that they need to take their time with him. I don't want it to be a situation like, uh, you know, excuse me, this guy over here on my shelf where they put the strap on him too fast and let it go and then – you know, it didn't really dry out, but they didn't have nothing else for him. You know, they need to make it to where Cody is going through these storylines, like this step, this Seth storyline, making it go over a couple of months. I'm OK with that. You know, do this constantly and build Cody up to a point where, OK, man, nothing else I can do except a take on Roman. And then, you know, you can do a big storyline out of that. But I think right now they're doing a good job. And Cody is a great enough wrestler, personality and person to handle this.
0: Yeah, and they're paying him $3 million a year. So if we look back on the previous guy that you were just hinting up there above, they're paying him $4 million a year. So when you look back on the two, if they're going to pay Bray Wyatt $4 million and make him as big as they did, even though it's a $1 million cheaper, I feel like for that price tag, at some point we're going to see Cody in the main event. And if we don't, then the experiment went heavily wrong.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And with that said, we had some NBA action last night, game seven between Mr. Mann's Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. I'm not gonna rub it in, but it was a it was a damn good contest. Um, seven game series. there was a lot of hope in that game six, you know, with Miami Heat winning. i I'll even admit, I put some money on DraftKings. I had Miami Heat winning last night. I was, I was upset, too, when they lost, because I was like, even though it wasn't a lot, because I'm not like a heavy gambler, I just throw a few bucks at it just for S&G's. Yeah. But, you know, I was disappointed because I, I wanted the win. Fingers were crossed for you and our guy, Darrell, because I wanted the Heat to win, you know, for you guys. Get back yeah. to the finals and actually get over the hump this time. But with that said, we're going to take this to basketball for our final round. Final round. And in our final round, we've got the Golden State Warriors will not win this year's championship despite dominating the Western Conference. How do you feel about this, Corey? Are you in or out on this? I am in.
1: Um, even though the Celtics have struggled on um, the offensive side of the ball, they were playing the number four four rated defense in the entire NBA. So, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, they were just going against a cakewalk team. Like they were, you know, uh, a beat up Milwaukee Bucks and uh, Brooklyn who didn't know where Brooklyn was apparently. So um, it's not like that. It was a con- very uh, contested series between the Heat and the Celtics and the Heat threw every punch they had, but injuries ended up catching up to them. And, I mean, even there at the end, they had a chance to win. Um, but the, the the Warriors have not faced a defense like the Celtics yet. And the Celtics are young. They're athletic. They can get out and run. And I do not think that Golden State is going to be ready for what Boston is going to bring. They're going to be like, yeah, bring them on. You know, we got experience. We've been in this five, six times, blah, 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 blah. That's cool. That's fine. It's dandy. But when you got some young thoroughbreds that are just hungry, it's, it's a different type of you know uh, uh attack that they're going to come with. So now that this series was series with Miami is over and they're flying over to San Francisco, the Warriors. I I, I would I would not be surprised if Boston took Game One because the Warriors are sleeping a tad bit too much and talking a little bit too much for my liking.
0: You know, I've, I've got to agree on this as well. I'm in on this too. You know, brother, size matters, and the Warriors don't have it. And ever since Kevin Durant left, They've they've felt the woes of that, which I think Kevin Durant has felt the woes of that, too, because he hasn't got a championship either. And I think he thought by this point that the Nets would have been further along, maybe not have gotten to a championship uh, by this point, but at least be contending in the championship finals of the Eastern Conference finals and potentially at least by the NBA finals by this point, being a contender for that. But he hadn't gotten to that point because the whole Kyrie debacle, COVID, a lot of things happened from that point Mm -hmm. that have altered what could have been for the Brooklyn Nets. So with that out of the equation, Kevin Durant's been gone for years now. The Warriors finally get back to the finals without Kevin Durant. And I think that it's going to be like the last time they got to the, the finals with Kevin Durant and that ACL that was busted. They got here, but I don't think they're going to do anything with it. I don't see them getting swept, but I have the Celtics going in six because of size matters. And the Celtics have the size. The Warriors don't. And even though I like the moves that they've made over the past few years, picking up James Wiseman, having Kevon Looney, and in the, in the depth that they have with the Warriors – I like the Celtics just a little bit more, and I feel like the beast is going to come from the East, and that's what I said with this past Eastern Conference Finals between the Heat and the Celtics. I have the Celtics winning in six.
1: Well, definitely, um, you're, you're absolutely right, and the Golden State Warriors have not been bumped. Like if anybody knows basketball, if you watch that Heat and Celtics series, it was very physical, and the refs let them play for the most part. So you know, except for the flopping, I can't stand the flopping, but. You know, they let them play. It was very physical. And up to this point, Golden State hasn't been really tested like that, if you really think about it. This is the first time that they've really been all together all year to kind of get a chemistry going. But Boston has went up, down trials and tribulations. They were under five hundred to start 2022. And these guys jumped all the way up to the second seed in the East and, you know, literally was a game and a half from being first. So, you know, it's it's – one of those things where the Warriors are not going to see what's coming. They're going to look at tape. Oh, this person does this. This person does that. But until you feel it, that's a whole different ball game. And I don't think they're going to be ready for the physicality Boston is coming with.
0: I don't think so either because without the size, the Warriors, in my opinion, don't have a chance. I think they have a chance to get a game or two, and that's why I'm saying that the Celtics will get it in six. But I don't think they have a chance to win this series based on everything we both just said. Definitely. And we actually, before we get out of here, we have breaking news. Let's check this out, Corey. Everyone give it up for the Golden Boy. Greg Anthony will be joining me next week on episode 14 of the Inner out Sports Debate next Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time in his location of Memphis, Tennessee. Now, that's awesome. That's that, that, thanks, man. And you know, it just goes to show that when you're grinding out here in these streets, things pay off. And a closed mouth never gets fed. So never. you got to keep grinding. So, but back to this episode. This is what's been on my mind, and most importantly, having a good time with Mr. Corey Man here. I want to go through a bonus round. Come on. We talked about it earlier. We talked about Mr. Bray Wyatt, and with. Mr. Man over here being a huge fan of Bray Wyatt and myself as well, because I've got a Firefly Fun House shirt in my closet. Bray Wyatt returns to WWE at SummerSlam. Are you in or out on this, Corey?
1: Oh, hell, I'm in. Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, wherever you want to call him, Wyndham Rotunda win six, whatever you want to call them, he's going to make a big splash. And the only way that he's going to make a big splash, he realizes the type of platform that WWE is versus AEW. That's not to say that AEW isn't a credible promotion, et cetera, but WWE is a different platform. SummerSlam is going to be in a huge stadium this year, unlike, you know, a regular small coliseum. Hopefully they can sell those tickets out. But (laughs) it's going to be in a huge stadium. If you want to make a splash, WWE, you got to get it done. You got to get this, this, I can't point in the right direction, this guy back in there. The reason why they were paying him $4 million a year is because he was bringing them millions of dollars in merch. So, I mean, besides the character, besides the person, besides the creativity, besides what he brings, bring the man back bring him back
0: I hope that you are right but my gut says that I'm out
1: denied <laughs>
0: As much as I would like to see Bray Wyatt come back with with potentially a third different realm of that character, something to culminate everything we've seen so far into something, I feel like the change of the name to the Wyndham name on Twitter and the fact that one of his friends even said recently in an interview, they didn't even give the friend's name, but they said a longtime friend out there said that with as much of a gap that he's had between the last time he was there, at WrestleMania last year, and now he could see Wyndham potentially retiring and not coming back. I mean, when you factor factor that. WWE has been releasing all this talent since the since the pandemic started. They're trying to penny-pinch as much as they possibly can, potentially sell the company within the next few years as Vince McMahon's getting older. You got Stephanie taking time away. You got Triple H having a heart attack because he's stressing about how bad this company is right now. And you got all the other things coming into place. They're, they've already given Cody Rhodes $3 million a year, hadn't even put the strap on him yet. So why would they give Bray Wyatt $4 million when potentially they even potentially butchered the character on his way out with everything that happened with Alexa Bliss and the crown and the black blood or whatever it was coming down and all that stuff at the yeah. very end when Bray Wyatt was out last year at WrestleMania. I just feel like they did more to hurt the character than if Bray Wyatt was to actually come back to wrestling. He'd be better off going to somewhere like AEW and starting off with the momentum of the Bray Wyatt character, but as something else. The problem with that is AEW's got so many former WWE talent now that they 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 brought Bray Wyatt in when it'd be a little bit too much. It would be overkill and and you potentially would have too much talent that you wouldn't need you wouldn't know what to do with.
1: Well, I think you have a similar character to Bray already with Malachi Black in the House of Black, too, as well. So it's going to be hard to kind of mesh that together. Um, But I I do believe that, you know, of course, I was going with my heart and not my head. I know he's probably more than likely not coming back. But (laughs) (laughs) wishful thinking, wishful thinking here. Um, But I think that he is he might not get four million. And I don't think, you know, WWE should reach into their bag that much. But I mean, if he's trying to get paid and he's trying to be back on the wrestling scene, his best chance is to go to WWE to get paid, and they'll probably pay him instead of four million. Pay him maybe a million and a half, two million. You know, they do get royalties from their merchandising merchandise that they sell, and we know he can sell the hell out of some merchandise. So I mean, shout out to my boy Wally. I got one of those fiend belts right over there. I mean, you know, (laughs) it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it's uh, it's kind of hard as a business person, if you take personal out of it, if it affects your business, if it makes your business better, you have to make the best business decision. And he is what's best for business.
0: Absolutely. And the, the difference is, is with Bray Wyatt and his background, you know, he's is, what isn't he the third generational wrestler. I think yes. so because of the Wyndham stable. Yeah. So because his dad and then like before that blackjack mm-hmm. mulligan and stuff. Yeah. So because of that, He's not as hungry to continue on with his legacy as someone like a, like, uh, you know, not potentially Randy Orton because he's third generation, too. But, you know, I'm trying to think of another wrestler like Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is still wrestling at 50, okay? 51. He's hungry to keep that legacy going because he is the first generation of his family to be, even though his dad was a famous hockey player, he is the first generational wrestler of this family. So he's going to keep it going. Wyndham as a third generation and his peak as a Bray Wyatt character he's 35 years old what else does he have to prove at this point if because he's done really well with saving his money he might as well just retire just like Bo Dallas did they got other things they can do outside of the outside of the business they don't have to come back to this that's why I've got a feeling that because it's been so long since they've been a part of the company they could potentially be done by now
1: well I don't think he's just gonna walk away like that. Just the type of person he is, he's got to have some type of splash to kind of tie all the loose ends. And then, if you look at the last Firefly Funhouse that he had, he basically told everyone he knew what was going on. He knew what was getting ready to happen. He said it cryptically, and he said that he would be back. So I'll just take him at his word for it. He said he'll be back. We'll see. In his you detail. are
0: ab- you are absolutely right. I didn't even rem- I forgot all about that so you brought that point up. And speaking of bringing points up, let's go to one more round of the Mayhem Culmination. Comments from the fans. And in this round of Mayhem Culmination, we have one more comment to go over from you live viewers that have been watching as we've been talking. Jarrell Owens posted, Dashing Cody Rhodes was his guy. The theme was sweet. How do you feel about that, Corey? Are you in or out on that? <sighs> out on that theme. Denied. I
1: That's take really it you bad. were
0: more of an undashing Cody Rhodes character? You were, you, you were yeah, more of a fan of undashing. undashing? Okay. Undashing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know how they take a song and they remix it too many times. You ever go and see a movie? And you see it the first time you're just like man this movie's amazing and then they wait and they wait and then they drop the next uh feature of that movie and then you're just like oh this is crap compared to the first one that's the thing with that man they try to remix that song like three times leave it alone let it go denied
0: Your audio's out. Oh well. Here, am I here now? Nice. There, right. <laughs> there we go. All right. So I'm saying that I'm out on this too. Darrell, you're still my guy and all, but I'm out on this too because of the fact that undashing Cody Rhodes, Stardust, and even the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, which in my opinion is the best version of Cody Rhodes, is That's better true. than dashing Cody Rhodes. I would say dashing Cody Rhodes is probably in the top three. But I would say it would be American Nightmare, Stardust, Undashing Cody Rhodes, then Dashing Cody Rhodes at number four. And there's three above that. I can't get so hype about Dashing Cody Rhodes. I got to leave that one alone. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) So, with that, with Medial Mayhem, let's take it into one last segment before we get on out of here with the final word. And out of everything that we've discussed in this episode, potentially anything that's on your mind in the sports world, what are your thoughts, Corey, on the uh, final word of this episode? What do you have to say?
1: I'll have to say um, that the last 24 hours has been kind of on my mind with the Heat and the Celtics. And uh, I have a few friends. Shout out to my friend Marquise, who's a huge Celtics fan. He's been one since I've known him. I've been knowing him for 10-plus years. So he's been you know kind of steady, but – I don't give a crap what anybody says. Jimmy Butler should not have taken that shot last night. That was horrible. Horrible, horrible. A lot of people saying they don't they love that shot. That he didn't want to go to overtime. I don't care if he didn't want to go to overtime. I don't care. I don't care. What he should have did was drove to the basket. He had Al Horford on his heels and all he had to do was blow by him. Look at how many AND-1s the Heat had during that game. The three-point shot is not your game, Jimmy. Go to the basket, brother. You could have got an N1, and then who knows what could have happened. Maybe we're talking about the heat in the finals right now. He killed the momentum doing that, and I don't care what nobody says.
0: You're absolutely right. I agree with that. The biggest thing, too, was you see how many times that Kyle Lowry was flopping? That was nuts, dude. Like, why are you flopping so many times in that match? Like, that's not going to change that. Like, they had that game out. I don't know if you remember this from like 10 years ago on Android, iOS 2 as well. Floppy LeBron, when they had the uh, the Angry Birds or Floppy Birds, whatever it was, and they had Floppy LeBron. And maybe I remember remember that when I was watching that game last night. I was like, Kyle Lowry is spending more time on the floor than he is defending people in the game. He needs to get off the floor. Exactly. So with my final word, I want to to kind of go back to the breaking news that we had for this evening and talk about – Greg Anthony, the Golden Boy, professional wrestler of the Memphis Territory. And um, I'm looking forward to next Monday, just like I was looking forward to tonight with Corey and and all the other episodes. Definitely looking forward to this next Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Talking with the Golden Boy, Greg Anthony, about professional wrestling, the past, the present, and the future within the rounds that we have. In the in or out sports debate, it's going to be very, very special. It's going to be something that's not going to be done before, and something potentially might be not be done ever again. Who knows? So um, it'll be definitely something to be pretty cool to see. But the other part, I got a part two of my final word. I want to give a shout out to Corey and his buddy Wally over here for their show that they have. The Undisputed Champions right here. You can check them out on Facebook, on YouTube as well. Their last video that they had uploaded was the WrestleMania review that they had from this past WrestleMania 38. You can check that out on YouTube, Facebook as well. And they will be back here soon after taking a very uh, short break. They'll be back here soon with the Undisputed Champion Show. Definitely look forward to checking that out.
1: Hey, man. Thanks so much,
0: man. I appreciate that. Anytime. I appreciate it, too. Thank you for coming on today. It's been a blast. We spent 45 minutes talking about six great topics having a blast we had a a pre-show shot together because that's my that's my ritual you gotta have one before you get started yes so so that that was always a blast too and before we get on out of here let's check out one badass intro oh no my apologies badass outro